In this edition of the Prep Rally Podcast, we talk about week one of the high school football playoffs, and we also give you a little preview of National Signing Day. It's the Prep Rally Podcast, the only podcast in the state dedicated to prep sports, brought to you by the Northwest Arkansas Democrat Gazette. Here's your host, Chip Souza. This is the Prep Rally Podcast. I'm Chip Souza, joined by Rick Fires Day, who's up and early this morning uh, on this national holiday. Also got Leland Barclay here down in the River Valley. This is a national holiday, right, Leland? National Signing Day is a national holiday. Oh, absolutely. This and the uh, first Wednesday in February. Yeah, I think schools were out today maybe for – no, I'm, I'm just kidding no. about that. But they, it is a national holiday for me, and I've I've been doing this, uh, Rick, uh, I think you and I about the same years, 1981 for, for me, me, 84 full-time, 81 as a stringer, that kind of thing. So uh, we, we've been around a national signing day or two, and I have always loved signing day. The thing it's it's hectic. Try to get photos. Try to get you know if you at a school, multiple people signing like over at Favorable today. If you get this person, get that person. But when you step back, it's just a great day for the parents, for the kids. Something they've worked their whole lives for. Their parents back there supporting them uh, when they're little kids, driving them to the game, getting them a hot dog, take McDonald's after win or a loss. Uh, it, it's been a long process for them, and it gets to pay off when they sit down there and sign a letter of intent. And so you're exactly right. It's an exciting day. Exactly. So just a few of the highlights today on signing. Uh, Leland Barclay will be covering a signing down at Fort Smith Southside today. David Sorg, um, who would have been their quarterback this year had he not suffered an injury in baseball, is signing a baseball letter of intent with the University of Oklahoma, a national runner-up last year. They, they made it to the championship uh, series of the College World Series. Uh, Skip Johnson uh, is their coach down there. And so uh, David Sorg, a big, tall, 6'5", right-handed pitcher, uh, will be signing with Oklahoma today. Also, Absolutely. Also up in northwest Arkansas, Jenna Lawrence, 6'2", uh, 6'3", uh, senior at Farmington, is going to be signing with the University of Arkansas today to play basketball. So we got that one going on. Fayetteville, Ricky, has six girls signing volleyball. Today. They're that good. It, that, that good, including Kennedy Phelan, who's signing with Stanford. 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 Wow. So we got that going on today, and we got lots and lots of other signings going on. Uh, it's a big, big day, and Rick, like you mentioned, it's, it's, a, it's a great day for the parents, great day for the kids who spent many, many hours, lots and lots of money growing up yes. and, and playing their sport. And uh, we just want to you know, congratulate them and, and uh, uh, wish them nothing but the best of luck uh, in their careers at the next level. You know, and Sorg, uh, yeah, it's unfortunate he missed uh, this senior year as, as football player, but it's great that he's going to get to continue his uh, uh, athletic ability, get an education at the next net level, even if it is over there across the border. Yeah, so good day, good big day, National Signing Day. Now, this is non-football signing today, so if, if you're listening and you're wondering what about this player and that player signing football, that signing day, the early signing day, comes in December and then the the official uh, reels. I mean, they're all real, I guess, Leland. But you know, the one, every, you know, the, the the old school signing day. I don't know what you'd call it. Uh, anyway, is in is in February, uh, uh, first Wednesday in February. Yeah, yeah. So uh, so you have the early signing day in December, and then the later signing day in February. It's a little bit confusing, but. Uh, um, you know, it is what it is. Because they've changed it a couple of times. Well, and the reason they changed it and made, a, made it early signing day is for the kids who are early enrollees yeah. um, who are going to enroll um, in January. 
they can they have their signing day in December, and they're free to if they want to enroll early. If you remember last year, Isaiah Satania did sign in December, but he didn't enroll early uh, if, at uh, Arkansas. So you could still go, you know still you know play in the spring or whatever, even if you signed in December. But it really is for those kids who want to early enroll. And I hope the coaches are, are getting these standout high school players. I'm almost tired of the transfer portal, just coaches uh, just uh, uh, looking at transfer and recruiting off there. No, go out and get these young kids and, uh, you know, mold them yourself instead of just going and get some kid who's got one year of eligibility. What good does that do you? Yeah, well, the transfer portal is a show for another day for yeah. sure. So National Signing Day today for non-football, and, and again, congratulations to those kids. Now, let's shift our focus to the first round of the football playoffs. Leland, we're going to start down there with you. We're going to toss the ball over. I'm going I'm to send you out on an out and up on this one. Rick, block for me. Give me a little protection. Give me a little I, time I, here. I got Give you. Give me a little time here. Um, Northside, I'm looking at the 7A playoff first round, and this is an intriguing game. Fort Smith Northside at Rogers. Well, if you'll remember last year, same situation, Northside a five seed, goes to Harbor a four seed, yes. and wins that game. Yes. So it's in, I always love the playoffs and the and the matchups because we you know we had the East and West and Central and West and all those matchups to kind of compare conferences, and it's always interesting to look at the West versus the Central matchups. Now I know Northside borders the uh, Arkansas River, but it is a Central matchup. But to finish fifth in that conference to go up against a four seed from the West. But let's remember, Rogers did finish tied for second yes. in the 7A West. So even that part of it is a little bit uh, misleading because Rogers is not, I don't think, technically the fourth best team you know, no. in the West. But still, it's an interesting matchup, especially the fact that Rogers, after Jacob Jenkins, you know, rushed for a you know, conference record, you know, 256 yards last week, uh, they've proven they can run it and pass it. So they're, they're certainly going to be a threat, and it'll be interesting to see if Northside uh, can slow them down defensively, especially with R.J. Lester and linebacker Julius Thomas and McLean Moody now. I think this will be his fourth game to start at quarterback, so he may be getting a little more – you know, acclimated, and uh, we'll we'll see. But you're right. This is one of the more intriguing first-round games in all of the state, especially 7A. So, Rogers, for the second year in a row, Rick, will host a playoff game. Uh, they had not hosted a playoff game in, in, you know, like eight, nine, you know, 10, 12 years, and, you know, till last year, maybe even longer than that. Um, so, last year they hosted. This year they're hosting <clears throat> again. Like Leland said, they record-wise did, did finish tied for second in the conference have a win over Fayetteville. Um, so, good season for them. Chad Harbison's doing a great job over there at Rogers. Uh, and, uh, you know, it's it, they're, they're stacked offensively. But something that's kind of gone under the radar is their defense has also played pretty well. You know what? Uh, I just finished the uh, football town series, and I, per- I, I left Rogers out because they hadn't shown anything in 20 years or so. But I think they got a shot of – Climbing back up, you know, Blackie Bond during that era when Rodgers really, really tough. Uh, and Rodgers had a great year. Uh, you're right. They're, they're not the fourth best team. They're probably the second best or third best team. But it's going to uh, depend a lot how they're going to do in the playoffs. And right here, that's a winnable game for them. I know Northside's going to make it tough on them. But this is a game that Rodgers 
uh, should win, needs to win. Well, that'll be a good one. That, that's definitely one to watch. Um, also, we've, we've got Bentonville West uh, hosting Jonesboro on Friday. Now, Bentonville West coming in off of a loss to Bentonville, uh, 24-10. But this was a, kind of a strange game. Ricky and I covered that last uh, Thursday night. Yes. Uh, a, it, it was a scoreless tie in the second half. Neither team scored in the second half. Bentonville West had opportunities. Uh, also, when Bentonville West lost to Fayetteville, they had opportunities, didn't take advantage of them. Had opportunities Friday night against Bentonville, didn't take advantage of them. So, you know, you kind of got to wonder, you know, is, is Bentonville West capable uh, of winning, you know, winning the playoff game and winning this game and moving on because, you know, they've been given chances and they haven't taken advantage of it. You got to capitalize on chances. Uh, this, is, this is another game. If you want to establish yourself statewide, this is a game. Jonesboro's three and seven. I yep. think I read three and seven. Uh, I'm from Northeast Arkansas. I've always looked at Jonesboro, the uh, ba- that area, of the basketball school. Uh, West is going to be at home, and there's no reason they they shouldn't win this game. So I'm looking for West right there. So that's another one to watch. Now we're going to skip down to Class Five A. This was kind of a weird thing that happened, Leland, at the Farmington Prairie Grove game, which was actually played on Saturday morning at eleven o'clock at Farmington. Farmington got their quarterback Cameron Van Zant back, and they opened up the first half like gangbusters. Van Zant second play from the from scrimmage hits Peyton Funk for about sixty yards, sixty-five yards, touchdown. He comes back, throws another touchdown pass. They're rolling in the first half. Second half, nothing. Prairie Grove dominates the second half, totally dominates the second half. They score a touchdown with about a minute to go to make it a 41-40, to get them within 41-40, go for two points. They don't get it, so it's 41-40. Farmington gets the ball back. If Farmington wins the game by seven or more, they, they go to the three seed, and Prairie Grove falls to the, I believe, lead on the four seed. Yes, but because yes. Farmington because only because Harrison Harrison would have been the two. Yeah, Harrison would have been the two. But because Farmington only won by one, they stay the they are the four seed, and Prairie Grove maintains the two seed, even though they've lost back to back games to end the regular season. Absolutely, and now they get to uh, Prairie Grove gets to stay home against uh, Batesville. Yeah, and that's a huge advantage, and and you know. I was at some games. I said, man, why are they trying to kick a field goal with eight seconds left when they're behind, ahead 14 points or so? And it all comes in this tiebreaker yeah, stuff points. right here. Yeah. I mean, Henry Apple can explain all of it. I can't. I certainly can't. <laughs> but, uh, man, what a change of difference. And, you know, Prairie Grove lost their uh, top. Ethan Miller got hurt, and, and Connor Hubbs come in. And the fact that Prairie Grove unleashed a passing game on them. They did. They? Now, Hubs is an effective runner and and a receiver in that game against Farmington and was was huge in coming back. But but my boy Velasco, the big tight end, was also big in yes. that game for them. And he's a big part of the the Prairie Grove passing attack, if you want to call it that. <laughs> yeah. uh, but they did have success with it. I think, I think Hubs caught two touchdown passes, I believe. Mm-hmm. And Velasco, he, he, he took one to the house long, like 75 yards. Uh, on a tight end, so pass. he can run. Huh? He can run. Yeah, uh, Dylan and Saner kind of kid. He's big old boy too. Big old boy. He's a big old boy. So uh, Prairie Grove has found a little passing attack here in the last couple of weeks. That'll be a good one, Rick. You're covering that one. But these are Leland, as you mentioned, two ground and pound oriented teams. So Rick, your game may go. It may go fast. I'm kind of jealous of you. So you saying I can make a last call or at least uh, <laughs> get through the drive-through window so. before it closes? Maybe so. Maybe All so. Right. 
Uh, you'll, so, be the, you'll be the first one that can call in to Rex Nelson's show. In fact, you may be waiting on it to start. <laughs> uh, now, they had a running back early in the year that had a monster game. Um, you know, they're Ryan Morrow, a Batesville yeah. graduate, uh, is in his first year as a head coach, which is a nice contrast to uh, Danny Absher, who's in his 30th year as yes. the head coach at uh, at Prairie Grove. Absolutely. So it's, uh, that's a nice uh, contrast in coaching uh, history as well. Yes. Also, want to mention Shiloh Christian will be hosting Nettleton. Uh, Harrison goes on the road to win. Uh, so that's going on in 5A. So let's skip down to 4A, where Elkins won the 4A one conference. They get a bye this week. Uh, so they get to rest up a little bit. But we've got some other games going on, including a, a home game at Gravit. Rick, now Gravit hasn't hosted a playoff game in a long, long time, but they're going to be hosting DeWitt in what should be a really good 4A playoff game, Leland. Oh, absolutely. You know, Gravit kind of, I think, surprised us all a little bit. Uh, I don't know if it if they surprised themselves. But to get a home playoff game in the first round, like Rick said earlier, is just – Gigantic, especially for them. Yes, and that you know, that sent that. Let's see, Gravit beat the rival Gentry thirty-eight thirty-five, and that forces Gentry to go to Rivercrest. Correct, correct. That's way over there. That is correct. So they're going to make a long trip over there. Lincoln going to Pocahontas. That's another rough trip. Another long trip. I think they've already left on Tuesday. Uh, you got Mina is going to be at Ozark. Um, so that'll be a that'll be a good one there, and then uh, our boy Josh Jones over at Lamar Leland they got it done on Friday night. Uh, Thursday, no Friday, no they played they played Friday night. They said, you know what, we're playing at Lamar. We're playing Friday night. We we are playing Friday night, and they played on Friday night and they beat CAC, uh, and so they're they got the number two seed from the four A four, and they're hosting Riverview. Uh, Lamar, uh, we have a real good story and going to have a real good story in the Thursday Democrat Gazette on Damian Hendricks, uh, the running back at Lamar, who will come into this game with about 1,300 yards rushing. Ricky, he's another big old boy, and he is the fullback for he's Lamar. Fullback. He's a fullback. Oh. So you don't see a lot of fullbacks get 1,300 yards, but he's not your average fullback. Leland, he's, a, he's also a big old strong boy. Well, you know, he was at media day, and he was fun to talk to, but he is, and this is all we have to say, he's an option fullback. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You so mean like the old Texas that, teams? Well, that's, that's yeah, kind of. I mean, that tells you about his toughness. He also plays defense, and, you know, Lamar, um, they kind of were one of those teams that um, right at the end, they, they took advantage of the tiebreaker and seized that second spot. Yes, yes. And because uh, that was another, that was a three-way tie as well. Yes, there were more three-way ties this year than what I can remember in a long time. There were like yeah, points uh, tiebreakers were were in play in most conferences this year. Yeah, so, and of course you know the points just merely set up the head-to-head action or the head-to-head -head game on the field. Yep, that still is what decides. Yeah, yep. the seating as it exactly. should. Skipping down to 3A, Greenland is on the road at Falk. What a great season, Ricky, for Lee Larkin and the Greenland Pirates. Uh, talked to Coach Larkin this week, and he said, you know, we knew with what we had coming back, we felt like we could be in the top, you know, two, three uh, in the conference and, and win about, you know, win, have a chance to win seven or eight games. He's, he's gone back and kind of kicking himself a little bit over the loss in the season opener to Lincoln. He said, that's on me. It was that I'm the reason we lost that game. But they rebounded. Uh, finished third in the conference behind two 
teams that might quite frankly be playing for state championship games um, in December, losing to Boonville and to Charleston. But Greenland's had a good season, and their quarterback, Max Meredith, who's not just a quarterback, he's a power lifter and a state champion shot putter. You know what? I kind of uh, d- just dismissed them. I said, oh, Hollingsworth, the big guy's gone. They're not going to be very good. And they weren't early. But my goodness, they've come on. And I'm going to give you a plug here in our paper today. Greenland quarterback Meredith powers teams to playoff. And he does. He's a power lifter. He uh, won the shot put over there during the, uh, during the uh, track season. So they are a very interesting uh, team to watch. I remember watching the tape where Meredith uh, just plowed over some guys for the game-winning two-pointer <laughs> yep. a couple weeks ago. Yep. So I'm, I'm, I'm eyeballing uh, the Pirates again. He also gave a lot, a lot of credit to Jermaine Petty uh, for, for, for helping him in the weight room, getting oh, him stronger. Oh, the former Razorback. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And so uh, helped, you know, helped him in the weight room. And uh, my story centers on the fact that he said he finds a lot of peace and solace in the weight room. Um, and Leland, I know you're a little bit of a lifter. I'm a little bit of a lifter. Um, it, it, Ricky lifts hamburgers and hot dogs, so he gets he's a lifter. Uh, yep. But he said he finds solace in that hearing the clang of that iron and and you know just gets in there and just you know it's it's uh, uh, cathartic maybe for him. Uh, is that you know, is that, you, is that too is, big a word? Maybe it's too big a word for me. There is nothing like the sound of that second forty-five pound plate being being clanged up against the first one. Yeah, I don't know nothing about that. <laughs> you, know, where you're, you know, that means two and a quarter, and just taking that second 45 and sliding it on there, that's, that little clang. Yep. It's uh, – it's, uh, everybody can tell what it is. Exactly. I, I find solace in sitting at the diner and watching uh, my cook uh, – Flip them hamburgers over. That makes the same and, claim, and right? And that's it's the same sound. Yeah. yeah, and see that uh, those fries dipped over there in that hot oil. Yeah, that, that's where I find my solid. Or the fork hitting a, a, an empty plate. Oh, that's boy. a great yeah, that's sound a too. Great, great that's sound. a great sound. All right, so uh, let's skip down to th- uh, staying in three A. Uh, Charleston will be at home hosting Gurdon. Uh, Go Devils. The Go Devils. Charleston, of course, the champion in the 3A1 conference. Boonville also at home. They're the two seed from the 3A1. They're hosting Junction City. Leland, you have a nice uh, a capsule on that game. And uh, talk about Junction City a little bit, the Dragons coming up to, uh, to Boonville. Well, this is, you know, Coach uh, David Carpenter's third stint as the head coach uh, at Junction City. He'd been in administration the last five years decided to come back and coach the Dragons one last time. This will be Junction City's first trip to Boonville since 1986 when they brought a sophomore by the name of Ron Meadows, who was the state's leading rusher. Now, he ended up being a 17-year-old sophomore. He only had eligibility to play one one more (laughs) year. But he was one of the state's uh, first 2,000-yard rushers. How did he, he, he do in that game, Leland? Boonville won six to nothing. Okay, oh, so wow. they kind of held him, yeah, shut him they, down. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Uh, it was it was the that was the fourth year that I had been covering high school football, and the lead up to that game, the excitement, the atmosphere in that game was uh, I, I don't know if I've experienced anything like it since, and it certainly whetted the appetite to uh, you know to enjoy Friday nights at a at a high school press box and a high school you know, football game Nothing because better. that was Nothing that better. was that was just a, a great atmosphere and a great game. And you know, the they still run the wishbone. Yeah. Junction City. Does. I love that. I love that. Uh my only my only connection with Coach Carpenter, I covered a 
non-conference early spring baseball game over at Shiloh Christian uh, several years ago, and Carpenter's son was their star pitcher for Junction City. And they came wow. up to Northwest Arkansas to play. I don't know, I think they were playing Shiloh one day and maybe Farmington the next day and, and something like that, kind of trying to come up here. So it's like spring break, a little trip for them. Mm-hmm. And they were going to play two, three games over a couple of two or three days and then go back. But that's the only time I've ever ever uh, covered Coach Carpenter. And, and uh, uh, you know, so it seems like a, Ricky just a good old boy. You know what, and I don't know how good Junction City is, but anytime you go up against Junction, where it says Junction City, they're a traditional power in Arkansas. Yeah, absolutely. They just uh, athletes all over the field. And Coach and, Carpenter's a big reason and, why. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And so, so Boonville, he's, the, yeah, go ahead. he's kind of their strength guy too. He loves the the strength aspect. So I've got to talk to him every year at the state weightlifting meet. Was, so I yeah. make it a point to go talk to him. Yeah. Yeah. And and you know we talk about the wishbone. Gurdon is also a wishbone yes, team, and that's what it. Charleston's going up against. I love it. Gurdon has thrown 33 passes this year. Wow. For about th- what, uh, 180 yards? Maybe. Not that much, probably. <laughs> well, they've actually thrown, uh, I think, five touchdown passes. Whoa. Whoa. So they're averaging 17.7 yards per completion. Yeah. So it's kind of one of those things, they lull you to sleep. Yep. And then they sneak somebody out there and uh, rolled over your head. You know, I uh, Charleston, in fact, Coach uh, Coach uh, Ricky May said they uh, they were working on some pass defense this this week, so that, that has not gone unnoticed by Charleston. Okay, I covered a team in Texas, Ricky, in 1988, 1987, that ran the wishbone. All four backs had over a thousand yards. One had two thousand yards. A quarterback had a thousand. Both halfbacks had thousand. And the and I'm sorry, fullback and quarterback both had a thousand. Uh, one halfback had two thousand. The other one was right at a thousand. So all so that's you know that's yeah. that's how good they were. And in one game I covered, they had and I will never forget this. They had 656 yards rushing as a team in a game. I remember the old wishbone. I remember. The uh, precision, yes. Uh, when to when to uh, give it up, when to get and the cross block, and and it's not a simple game. No. I mean, you got to know your assignment. You miss one assignment, the yes. wishbone, it's, and it's, it's boom, like a house of cards yeah. or something. Yeah, I love it. The fullback <laughs> was in the four point stance, you know, low and a four Worcester. point stance, and and uh, yeah. you know, just you know, you, you got to be tough to run the wishbone. That's a yeah. tough, yes, tough, tough guys offense. Uh, because it's it's built on contact, yeah. You know it's based on contact, and I love it. And uh, those teams that, that that stick to the wishbone and, and run it well, it's it's like watching a Lamborghini. If they if that quarterback is deceptive with his handoffs, it's like watching a Lamborghini run. It's about as smooth as it gets. Now in the old days, it to me is is like you know playing like you said you got to be tough. It was played in like a phone booth. Is yes, what they what they say now. And I got enticed by the wide open to Gus Malzahn, uh, defend every inch of the field. But now as a sports writer, when I'm on deadline, I love a wishbone yeah, team abs- and the wing tee. Danny Danny, Danny wing yeah. tee. Yeah. Uh, so we got that game. We got also Lavaca on the road to Center Point um, in the three A playoffs. Mansfield on the road at Fordyce in three A. So a lot of teams we got in this area in 3A. Skipping down to 2A, uh, we have a couple of teams that are playing Magazine, uh, the number, number four team in the 2A1. Are, they are at Desarc. Uh, so, you know, just a lot of good high school football playoff time, and we're supposed to actually have really 
good cold weather this weekend. Oh, sweet. Love it. Hey, caramel apple for me. Yes, sir. A little hot it chocolate. Going, yep. It is going to feel like playoff football on Friday night. It is. It is. And I cannot wait. And this is the real season. This is when uh, this is when you uh, eliminate the pretenders from the contenders. This is when you get a second shot, even for a team like uh, our friends over at um, uh, Springdale Arbor, one, one and nine. nine. Yeah, yeah. Uh, He's yeah. like uh, on the guy on uh, Lloyd on. It's like I think it's Lloyd on uh, Dumb and Dumber who says, "So you're saying I got, got a chance? A chance. <laughs> this is your chance right here." <laughs> so, uh, so you're saying uh, I got a chance? Uh, so good, 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 uh, good time for a high school football. If you hadn't been out to a game yet this year, uh, get out this weekend. Uh, get you, get you a extra, little extra, a little extra layer of clothes on, uh, and get out there and support your teams and and uh, uh, and go watch some just some great high school football. Now, well, I, and, you know, I, go ahead. You know, you you look at each each bracket, and there's certain questions. I think like seven A. Can can anybody beat Bryant? What do you guys think? I mean, is what I, I'm gonna tell you right now, Leland. It, Fayetteville is go, is dangerous. They are. They're dangerous. See, see, and I think Cabot and Conway both played them very well. Not great, but played them pretty close. So you've got them, and then Bentonville. You know, you've got the running attack of Josh Vicklin. Yeah. And Carter Nye has proven that he can throw the ball. So, and they play Bentonville plays good defense. So I think there's some teams out there that can give Bryant. I think it's uh, closer than it has been, Leland. I think I think uh, I think the opportunities are there more than they have been the last couple of years. Uh, Absolutely, you know. Yep. And now uh, defensively, they're very good. Yeah, yeah, they defensively, are. Defensively, they're very good. Yeah. And then in six A, yeah, okay, Greenwood lost Friday night. That well, game yeah. really meant nothing. Right. Now I know it's a game. Um, you know, Little Rock Christian played very well, but but the seedings was already decided. And you look at, you know, possible matchups, you know, Greenwood could host Benton because Benton switched to another conference this year. Right. And then you've got, how about possibly PA at Catholic in the semifinals? That would so be a great one, man. That'd so that it. one's wide open. They get a big crowd at, at, uh, at War Memorial. Right, they play that at War Memorial probably? No? Yeah, they'll yeah. play that at War, yeah. War Memorial. And then in 5A, you've got Robinson, Shiloh Christian, and Parkview, who all are new to the classification. Parkview comes down from 6A. Shiloh Christian and Robinson, they really haven't uh, missed a beat, it, it, even going from 4A uh, up to 5A. So there's some great, great intriguing, I guess, questions in, in all the brackets love to look it. at. Love it, love and it, love it. Leland, I'd like to ask you, um, uh, Little Rock Catholic, aren't they? Do you think they got a, a chance in uh, 6A? Go make a deep run. You know, I they they got the six and zero, um, and I thought, well, okay, they're pretty good. They're having a great year. They've got a, a veteran quarterback, Sam Sanders, who's having a great year. A very good um, receiver, and I thought, well, okay, they're pretty good. The last two weeks are the two games that have convinced me because I didn't think they'd win either one of those. And they handled El Dorado no problem. They handled Marion no problem. Mm -hmm. So now they're undefeated. So, you know, it's I, that Catholic PA game, if those teams take care of business, and they both got first-round buys, so they yeah. only have to win. They have to win one game to get to that semifinal. But that game 
uh, could be one of the more interesting games in exactly. in in all of the playoffs. But to answer your question, um, they wouldn't surprise me anymore because the last two weeks are the two weeks that's made a believer out of me for Catholic. Now I'm looking at the at first, this first round game, El Dorado, the Phoenix State champions at Little Rock Christian, a team making a move, you know, made the move because the competitive equity factor up from 5A to 6A. Uh, I saw them play in the opener. They're very, very capable. Little Rock Christian, very, very capable. That's going to be a great game too, Leland. Great game. Well, well, Friday night, you know, Little Rock Christian beat Greenwood 49 to 35. The running back, Anokie, yep, 208 yards and a touchdown rushing. And then Walker White threw for 175 and two touchdowns and ran for 161 mm-hmm. yeah. and two touchdowns. Yeah. So they're very capable. You know, they, they lost two games early in conference to Lake Hamilton and to PA, and I think everybody kind of wrote them off. And that kind of told everybody, too, um, okay, the, the, the 6A West is a three-team race, not a four-team race. But I think Little Rock Christian still has to, you know, be, um, you know, considered maybe. Yeah, yeah. So lots and lots and lots of good games. And uh, get out and catch some high school football. Uh, first round of the playoffs this week. And uh, Leland, I cannot wait. I cannot wait, Rick. I can't wait to get out there. Man, it's going to be it's going to be some great games Friday night. I'm going to be at the Rogers Northside game. Ricky's going over to Prairie Grove Batesville. And uh, – Leland, which game, I forget I forget which game you're at. You were at Boonville, correct? Um, I've I've got a I had to take the Junction City Boonville game just because of the history yes. and the fact that it was uh what thirty six years ago when I was down there for the Junction City Boonville game. Uh so I took that one. Uh Harold's gonna be in Ozark. Yep. Uh, and then Walter is going to be in Charleston. Okay. So okay. So Harold gets Rivertown Barbecue. There you go. Well, and the thing I love on that Friday, if you're driving around somewhere and you see them yellow dog buses, you know something's up. No, something's uh, up. Yep. The playoffs has started. Yep, yep, yep. Well, you know, about just a little bit over half of the teams in the state make the playoffs. So senior night was the last night that some of these kids, a lot of these kids got to play. Well, Friday night, another half will be eliminated. So, uh, That's right. so the high school seasons for a lot of uh, seniors is is coming to an end. Well, that will wrap up this edition of the Prep Rally Podcast. We thank you for listening uh, to us every week, and of course, we'll be back next week to talk about what happened in the first round of the high school football playoffs, and we'll also take a look at round two when the teams who got buys the big dogs. this week, the big dogs, will be in action next week. So for Leland Barclay down the River Valley, for Rick Fires, I'm Chip Souza. Thanks for listening to the Prep Rally Podcast. Next week, same bat time, same bat channel. The Prep Rally Podcast is produced and directed by the Northwest Arkansas Democrat Gazette. Find us on SoundCloud, Apple, Google Play, Spotify, and Stitcher.